0: Welcome to the Critical Conversations Podcast, hosted by two critical care nurses who are doing things differently. We're here to discuss our healthcare system, why preventative health is so important to us, and what you can do about it. What if I told you you had the power to change the trajectory of your life? Would you do it? Welcome back. Hey guys, this is Brie. And this is Laura. And this is episode 11, Critical Conversations podcast. We are so excited to be back. I know it's been a few weeks. We had to take a break because life has just gotten way too busy. Um, I decided to pick up a whole nother job in a whole nother realm of the healthcare industry. And Laura is working more than usual and also dealing with buying a new house and doing some renovations. Life is crazy. And we are trying to balance it all because we love showing up for this podcast and we appreciate those of you that have hung in there and are showing up to listen this week. Keep helping us spread the word. We promise we're going to keep doing this as often as we can because spreading this message about preventative health and being aware of what's in our food and the world around us is... Our biggest mission and our biggest priority. So, thank you guys for still listening. And we are just going to dive right into the continued conversation that we started last episode, all about sugar. And we kind of ended that episode talking about the downfalls of substituting sugar for artificial sweeteners when you're looking for that replacement that both of us can agree. We don't think it's a safe alternative, but we're going to talk about it and kind of give you the information of why we believe that and let you make that decision for yourself. So I'm going to hand it over and let Laura kind of dive into that topic. So...
1: Let's dive on in. We actually did this once, guys, um, for three <laughs> minutes, and my cat uh, ruined it. And so we actually had a moment to look up the history because we kind of got in a place where we wanted to talk about the history, and we hadn't looked up the first sweetener ever used that wasn't sugar. Yes. So what's the first artificial sweetener? how did it even come to be? What a bizarre situation. Of course, a chemist found it. Um, it was an accidental finding. It was in 1879, like way back. 1879. I know that's not way back in, like, the big... No,
0: picture, but in but, the like, food industry, that's, that's I feel way like that's back. pretty far yeah. back
1: for sweeteners. I for don't know sure. why, but um, I feel like that's a more modern thing. But here we are in 1879. A chemist accidentally spilled some concoctions together, got it on his hands, went home, ate dinner, and noticed that he had something sweet on his hands, went back, recreated it, and then recreated it in bulk. And that was Sweet and Low, the little pink packets.
0: And that's how it all um, began.
1: Yeah, and those the little pink packets started showing up in 1917. Was distributed through the United States and Europe, and it became popular. It gained traction every time there's a world war. So World War I, when the rations of real sugar went down, saccharin or sweet and low rose to meet the needs, and so that's where it gained traction. Early on, actually, I believe it was in the is in 19. 19- 60, they started doing uh, lab rat Research testing. on it, yeah. yeah. they were doing research on it, and they found out that it was causing bladder cancer in lab rats. Um, I think early on, 1977, Canada banned it.
0: Right, so other we countries have it. banned it <laughs> decades ago. We're still using it. We still
1: it. have not banned it. Actually, it's found... I know that we're diving like straight into this, but I thought it was the history of <laughs> Most common it's really interesting. findings for it. But, unfortunately it is the primary sweetener in children's medications including chewable aspirin cough syrups and over the counter prescription medications so not place only is to it, put it yeah exactly you can't really <laughs> avoid that sometimes and not only is that in children's things it's saccharin has a bad history it's not being allowed in other countries and let's back up for just a second and just think about it yeah. i'm going to pose a question to you if it is zero calories what is it made of if it's you know if it's a powder and if you guys have ever held Splenda or ever tried to scoop out Splenda to like make a meal or make a dish with it 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 weighs nothing like have you ever stopped to think what
0: is this if it isn't anything in theory and what's the benefit to consuming it other than the sweetness well, the benefit I think is pretty easy for some people. The sweet it gives you the sweetness, but well, it gives you without calories. Yeah. So if
1: in a world, in a, especially our generation, our current society that's still very much focused on calories, calories, and weight loss, and kind of the scheming of all of that, um, yeah, it's it's found in a lot of things. So you have saccharin, and you have. All the big ones are um, aspartame, Splendem, which is sucralose. And then you have Asper- aspartame, which is equal or NutraSweet. Um, so those are always around, but they don't come without a cost. Right, And it may not be a caloric cost, but you're going to pay something for this, right? You right. always do. That so is life.
0: if it's zero calories, Laura, what is it? It's chemistry. It's chemistry. It's chemicals. (laughs) Well, it is. It is. It's chemistry, but it's chemicals. Um, It's a food-like substance created in a lab made um, from a chemical base. I don't even
1: know if I'd go as far as saying it's a food-like substance. I'm not sure if most people would say that. I'm not
0: sure if the food makers would say that. It's not. It's used in our food supply as an additive, as an ingredient in our food, but it's made in a lab. Yeah. from chemicals.
1: It has been manipulated, and it's chemi- it's chemicals. Yeah. And so just like you were talking we- about
0: with the saccharin, we, when we were looking into sucralose, it was also discovered in a very <laughs> similar way as an accident in a lab trying to develop an insecticide. And they realized that it tasted sweet. So they kind of altered it, played with it a little bit. And that's where sucralose, also known as Splenda, Guys, I'm not. We're not
1: even kidding. It was. It was being <laughs> diving into formulated as an insecticide. <laughs> like, pause. Right. Think about it. Like, like, let's just give a moment to let that sink in.
0: And we came across that because Laura had, in her research, was looking at stuff and mentioned that of all the artificial sweeteners that are available in the coffee shops, on the tables at restaurants, all those colorful little packets that people pick up and pour into their drinks really without thinking of it, of all of them, Splenda has been deemed the one that messes with our gut microbiome the most. It can actually have detrimental effects on the good bacteria in our digestive tract and you guys know how important that is after the previous episodes and we were asking why like how does it do that what makes it different and we came across that in its creation it was originally formulated to be an insecticide to kill off small but bugs.
1: All, right not even only that it's
0: made it has
1: it's chlorinated.
0: <laughs> yeah and then that's how it's still produced is <laughs> with chlorine. So. Let's just, let's go. (laughs) We We already covered basically, we
1: already basically covered saccharin. All right. Sweet and low, we've covered. The little pink packet, we'll call it what it is. We know that you think of it as little pink packet. Mm -hmm. I think of it as that too. For sure. So let's move on to the yellow packet. Um, This is the trendiest one. They've done an excellent job marketing. Um, When it first came out, how it was described to me in science class was, it's basically sugar with an extra piece of carbon at the end. Meaning that when you write it up in a, I took organic chemistry one and two and cried my way through it. Yeah, so don't, that don't worry about that. But <laughs> um, yeah, so when it was being explained, I was like, that's brilliant. Look at this. Look at these scientists doing all these science things. That's so cool that you would just have sugar and then you'd add an extra little like carbon yeah, slightly yeah, no alter deal. the
0: molecule for sweetness without the calories. Like it must be magic.
1: <laughs> too good and to be true. it sounds too good to be true. So therefore it is. That's the rule of thumb, right? Yeah. So yeah. Going over Splendor real quick. So it is derived from sugar, but it was chlorinated and it was originally used as an, or being developed as an insecticide. It is 600 times sweeter than sugar. Um, it's found in a lot of different stuff. And as we were talking about, it's gotten trendy and it's used in baking and, and I think A lot of people kind of um, by the people, I mean the companies like really focus in on, especially these kind of things, uh, disease people. So diabetic people, people who have needs for this or target people who are looking to reduce calories. And those people are very susceptible to marketing. So it it definitely does hone in on that. Sucralose also, Splenda, I'll just call it by Splenda, also does as... Um, Brie had mentioned, I was doing research in one of the PubMed articles. So the, the peer-reviewed articles that were I was reading was talking about how it actually really, really disrupts um, the microbiome and causes your good bacteria to go down significantly mm-hmm. in the findings, significantly, and alters the pH of your gut. So it's doing a lot of different things I really don't think you want to have done. Yeah. I and think it didn't one take other thing. That much to do it. It was po- it was 1.1 to, I think I said eleven milligrams per kg. And the max dose you're allowed to have per, like if you read the Splenda boxes, what the FDA has proved, the
0: recommended dose.
1: Yeah. Right is five milligrams per kilogram. A kilogram is two point two pounds. Um, you guys can do the math for yourselves. I know that's kind five of five milligrams seems like a lot. per
0: kilogram of your body weight. If, if you're drinking Diet
1: Coke, if you're drinking Diet. If you're Anything. putting it in your coffee in the morning, it can add up quite quickly. Yeah. Um, one other and it's thing also about been to leukemia too
0: is, oh, yeah, linked to leukemia is huge. Sorry to interrupt you on that. Oh, no, 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 you're good. Um, it truly has been linked to cancer in different studies, and that's something just to be concerned of in itself. But one other thing that when you were doing your research that I found really interesting was that it's also been shown to – Alter our absorption and the bio bioavail- bioavailability of certain prescription medications. So it's actually interacting with other medications that people are taking that they might not be aware of. Not all of us are on prescriptions; it might not be a concern to you, but it's interesting to me that that's a known fact. In working in the hospital and constantly around medications, that's not anything I've ever heard before. And a lot of people that are diabetic are being told to use Splenda and place of sugar.
1: serve this to them. Yeah, it's actually on the meal trays. It's on the the meal trays in the
0: hospital. But those people are the same people that also have maybe 10, 20, 30 different prescription medications that they take on a daily basis. So that is something I want to look into more personally. Like, where's the research on that? Which medications specifically? I'm incredibly intrigued by that fact that we uncovered tonight. It was an
1: interesting article I read. It was a it's a meaty one, guys. So we probably I'm trying to like really um, uh, keep it simple. I don't want to make it too extreme or f- make you feel like you need to like go start reading everything. Um, because some of the stuff that I was reading, I was reading out loud to Brie, and I was like, holy crap, I can't I can't even like it takes me a lot to like sit there, digest it, understand it, reread it. Yeah. So it's I complex. we will link what we can, but I there's going to be some stuff that we're not going to link up because it's a little bit too in-depth. Yeah. And you can message us if you want us to find it for you. Yeah. So.
0: so the little pink packet, the little yellow packet, <laughs> and now let's move on to the little blue packet. Well, um, we, did you have minute. something else you wanted to say?
1: The Splenda one is the, when we looked up um, talking about sugar levels. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about that one? No, go for it. Okay. So it actually um, may alter glucose and insulin. So when you eat it, it actually it actually causes your body to think that it's going to be getting sugar. And so it starts putting out insulin. So it, it creates an insulin sensitivity issue. So when you're eating, so your body thinks it's going to be getting something it's not. Right. Is being prepared for it, so it touches your tongue, and ever a cascade of events start after that. So anything that digestion, food, everything starts in your t- on your mouth. Like as soon as it touches your lips, your body it starts sending signals to do different things, yeah. including like different get your belly ready in the body. like yeah, and get your get your get your stomach ready to pump out some um, bile and get things ready to move down the system. But it does start a cascade, and so if you're ingesting something that is even sweeter than uh than sugar your body's like okay we're getting a bunch of stuff and it's getting
0: ready to take that sugar and deal with it but what happens when that's not there yeah all the cascades happen but the calories of the sugar don't come which triggers the body in different ways yeah so we'll leave that at that
1: but it it does It does do quite a number. And that's true for
0: most of the artificial sweeteners. But from what we could see, sucralose Splenda has the strongest effect on overall blood glucose and insulin levels. It seems to be the one that plays with our gut and our microbiome and the whole digestive process the most from what we could see. But yet again, we're we're people learning about this and diving into this and learning what we can. We're not experts on the topic by any means.
1: For sure, Um, and we only can learn what's what's there. So if aspartame hasn't been studied in a while because it's not as current, right? Then there's not going to be as many studies that are current about aspartame. Yeah,
0: yep. So that's the next one I wanted to talk about. It's the one I think that was pretty much put on my radar first. Like I remember Splenda being popular when I was in high school. My best friend loved to bake with it because she thought she could make brownies, cookies, all that with less calories and they would still taste as good. So I remember Splenda being a thing then, but aspartame truly is the most widely used in our food. And when I started diving into food and the ingredients in our food, aspartame was the thing that really, really changed my awareness of like sodas and chewing gum and different things like that because aspartame is the big ingredient in most diet sodas. It's in almost all chewing gum still to this day as far as I know, unless you're looking for more natural brands. But aspartame, we talked about Splenda being linked to the gut. Aspartame is really linked to the brain. And there's been a lot of research that show that it has been linked to increase in Alzheimer's and even like brain tumors and different things. So as far as neurological issues, aspartame has really increased risks that come along with it as well. And yet it's a very, very common ingredient in our food system. It's linked
1: to all sorts of neurological issues: headaches, migraines, mood disorders, dizziness, all sorts of trouble. Right. And with all of these things, that it's something again, Bri and I always talk before we actually talk. It's a quite, it's quite the uh, <laughs> production. production getting this on, because <laughs> um, we want to be well educated, we want to be well thought out before we actually come to you. But we were talking about how some of these things are like: well, you should avoid this if you're pregnant or nursing. To me, that's a little bit of a red flag right? because if aspartame isn't safe while you're pregnant or nursing, should you be consuming
0: it? And it's such a common part of our American diet. It's a very common daily thing. You know, it's not like alcohol and cigarettes where it's kind of known as like it's something you do on occasion. Like drinking soda, chewing gum, that's a very common thing. And for them to claim that there's risk during pregnancy is a huge statement to realize the the risks if it's happening while you're pregnant what's it doing to you long term if you're consuming it on a daily basis when you're not pregnant
1: well also one of the one of the risks of being pregnant and taking aspartame is it actually predisposes babies to metabolic syndrome disorders <laughs> and obesity later in life so it's Perfect. whatever it's you know how i just was talking about how when you taste something your your body starts immediately doing what it's supposed to do when it has something sweet coming in So if you do that and you do that for the baby, it can actually cause the baby to start having those things happening inside of the mom. So it predisposes them to metabolic syndromes, including diabetes, including obesity um, later in life. So there's just things that if it's – what is it worth to you? Everything's a risk – like a risk-benefit. Analysis. everything in your life is, whether you're thinking about it as that or not. Everything is like, are you going to smoke? Are you going to drink? How much are you going to do that? To what avail? Like, what are you trying to get from it? Is it worth your life? Yeah. Like, is there certain things that are worth your life? And I have this conversation with patients over smoking because I always, we, we have to go through.
0: Yeah, we're required a to get an the
1: education. To quit smoking and here's why. And I always start off with, do you plan like if I have a conversation with you do you are you open to quitting and they're and sometimes they'll be like straight up no and yeah. I'm like all right they're not ready for it. I need to just tell you my piece so you can make an informed decision if smoking's worth it to you that's it's your life like just please do it safely so other people aren't being having to like take in your smoke and and that's the same for anything else like It's somebody else's life. So if this is what you want and you're like, no way, guys, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. Like I'm all in. I'm always a Splenda girl. I'm always going to do Splenda. That's fine. But I do want you to understand what you're signing up for. This is like an informed consent of Splenda here.
0: That's exactly why we're doing this. (laughs) We
1: want you to then have the power and take back that knowledge and take, take, the power back through education so you can go out there and make the best decisions for yourself. And whether it's maybe you maybe you're a big Splenda person, maybe you're maybe you're still on sweet and low, who knows? And you use several packs a day. Maybe you just cut down to one. Like any anything is better than before. Absolutely. And if, if you don't want to change, it's also your right. And we're we're here to support you in your right. We just want to make sure that you're a conscious consumer of what you're putting in your body.
0: And I do have a feeling that most of you that are listening to us right now, if you came to us and you're listening to this podcast and you're making the choice to listen to this podcast, you're obviously open to the information and probably considering change in one way or another in different lifestyles. And we cover a lot of different things and a lot of different ways that you can change your life and the habits that you're Creating on a daily basis. This is just one piece of the puzzle. If diet soda is your thing and you are not ready to leave that, like Laura said, like this is just the information so that you're aware of it and maybe just cutting back on it slowly every now and then, drinking a little less. That in itself is an improvement and that's all we can hope for.
1: I mean, can I interject just a real quick story? I have personally completely given up. I used to drink um, Diet Coke not regularly but i would drink it um i i don't drink soda anymore i'll drink some like fizzy waters occasionally yeah my husband is he his um you have to pick your poison right his poison is is diet mountain dew which is hysterical (laughs) to me still to this day and you know what truly without judgment like Everyone's gonna have their thing. Of course. Everyone has their fixes. Everyone has if somebody goes like you can't ever have like coffee causes cancer and you can't have anywhere, I probably would just cut back. Yeah. (laughs) Because I really do enjoy it. And I, I think that there's people out there that really do enjoy certain things that I don't necessarily think that I would wanna put my body, but they have their stuff going on. They have their reasons and he's one of them. And he used to drink maybe three like he used to have when I first met him, he used to have like a two liter in his fridge and then he switched down and slowly he's been coming down and now it's a treat for him. And he awesome. gets one every Sunday after surfing and that's
0: his thing. That's so much better than what it was. That's and a great improvement.
1: It's like good, better, best. And I'm not, and I think that all of our episodes, if you were to listen to them all back to back, you could come away and be really, really overwhelmed by it all and yeah. be like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. And I think that, start where you are see where you can make small improvements and he's learned about it and he like jokingly calls it his poison and he's like i know this is not a natural color for anything to be like <laughs> i understand that what i'm drinking is not healthy in any way and it's actually poison to my body
0: yeah but he but he i really knows enjoy that it and he's aware of it
1: and he is he has cut back significantly and he's in a place that he's in, He's making an informed consent, right? And I'm sure some of you guys are like, do you buy this for him? And occasionally I buy it for him guys. like <laughs> I, I do. This I'm is not like say I' like confession hour. <laughs> no, I don't because I, I don't have a problem with it because the reality is if he's gonna go in the store and buy me a kombucha because I like kombucha and he doesn't understand it, I think that that's somewhere you can meet each other and I'm, and I, I think that's where change within a household really can begin when you are like, okay, I see you there and I'll do this for you. Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with this and you know that and I don't have to voice that every day, but you're still like...
0: Yeah, and he's acknowledged that and he has decreased his habit and honestly, I think one of the best sayings in this health and wellness industry is progress not perfection like we are in educating ourselves we're getting the information we're doing what we can with it and we're making progress towards bettering our daily choices but none of us are perfect we all have our thing and if you are making progress with the information you're learning that's that's why we're here that's why we are so passionate about sharing that because we hope that if you are the person that used to have the 2 liter bottle of Coke in your fridge, we're hoping to bring you down to that one a week like you mentioned and Well, that's I'm huge. yeah, I'm
1: hoping that you bring you down. Yeah. Like I hope that through education you understand and you find your why and you find that solid root and that solid ground and you you decide to walk away yeah. from it. Ultimately, I want you to
0: be empowered to make that decision freely. And there's so much more involved with it, too. It's not just you being addicted, quote unquote, to a daily soda. You have been advertised to. You're drinking a chemical concoction that's been scientifically established to like create a bliss point so you want more of it you throughout your life have seen different celebrities drinking it and you know it and there's different events in your life that you're connected to it there's so many pieces that go into the things that we do on a daily basis and the things we enjoy it's not just you sh- better subconscious yeah exactly yeah. it's not just you choosing to drink a soda there's so much more to it and with your, even maybe with your yeah. husband that's probably a big part of it and now it's kind of connected to a day after surfing after he's worked a long hard week and there's just yeah there's so much more to it than just understanding that it's chemicals in a bottle for sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely there is i mean it's connected to the
1: time of the life that you started it it's connected right. to different th- i mean we are not like this unilot you know, like a flat object like there's so many things Moving that parts. create us
0: yeah
1: um so yeah getting back to the food and into the into the sugars i think we have two more that we wanted to discuss yeah. we wanted to discuss what was it the plant stevia Stevia, yeah, thank you. That was a because big question. stevia has become
0: like real popular. Yeah, and right, right after episode 10, that was a big question I got. A lot of people are saying, okay, so we're aware of the 25 grams of added sugar. We're paying attention to that. But of the sweeteners, if I'm going to choose something, what's the best option? You know, there's this long list of different sugar ingredients. There's a long list of different chemical zero-calorie sweeteners available. And stevia is the one that's kind of marketed as the healthiest option because unlike the rest of them that were developed as a chemical concoction stevia truly does come from a plant and it was sourced from cultures that used it for centuries that in its natural form as a natural form of sweetener the problem with it is now we are mass producing it and it's not as pure and natural as we would like it to be but um yeah, expand on that, Laura. What were you going to say about it? <laughs> I was just thinking about how last – I hate the taste of it. Yeah, I don't Side like near. it either. I honestly. really don't
1: like the – aft, especially the aftertaste. Same. It's, like, it's 300 times sweeter than cane sugar. And I actually – what was walking through um, this organic plant, I don't know, like a nursery uh, last year, I think, when we were going to get – some stuff for my little garden I was making. And I was like, what is this sugar? The sugar plant is called, like, the sugar plant. And I was like, I'm going to taste it because you're allowed to pick anything off and, like, put it, <laughs> taste it. I, like, popped it in my mouth and started chewing it up. And I was like, oh, dear God, this is stevia.
0: Oh, interesting. And I had
1: I had found it in its natural form. And I was like, that's so cool. There's, sugar, there's this sugar plant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, gosh. It was such a mistake. But, yeah, I did find it in natural form. If you found it like that, I think you could, like, add it to things. But – People are probably not looking to like add little yeah. bits of a plant to their coffee, right? And like growing
0: it like a tea leaf and getting like
1: the natural right. sweetness so out of it. Cane sugar is also a plant. Let's go back to remind ourselves of that and what it's been. What's done, happened to it um, has has been really bad. And then, in general, it's still not the healthiest because of the way it's, it affects your body. That too, I want to go back to agave because agave also a plant. okay agave also spikes your blood sugar like immediately it's so high in fructose right away you put it in your mouth your blood sugar goes soaring up it's going in okay when a person comes into the hospital if they like if they're like really down for the count what they used to do is take um you can take this like really sweet gel and rub it onto the gums in their mouth because that's actually a super quick way of getting uh sugar into the body so Mm -hmm. um if you're found at home, you have too low blood sugar. Josh was teaching this when we first met that you can take um, icing and rub it onto gums. So the reality is it doesn't take much to get this stuff into your system and get an immediate response from your body. Right.
0: Your brain will light up everything. You don't You'll get an in- in- immediate, want to do that
1: to your body. Right? Again, just like I ended the last one with, like, what would you ever take your car and like go from <laughs> zero to, to 100 with every stoplight? You would never do that because that would be terrible for your car. Just like this doing this and how we consume sugar yeah. is really terrible for the body, right? That's the same way we're doing it. We're like,
0: all right, here we go. and we're just just constant sucker punching it, yeah. Um, Back to Stevia, though. You got kind of off on a a tangent. No, I didn't didn't really
1: have much to say about Stevia, except for I I personally don't like it. And I tried it last year, and it was in a plant form. This is the thing, Um, though, is
0: I do have something I want to say about it, is Stevia truly is, of all the sweeteners out there, it's known as the healthiest sweetener. And if you're going to grab one, it's probably your best bet. But just like everything else, look at the package, turn it around, read the ingredients. There's a few, very far and few between brands that are truly just stevia. The rest of them are combinations. Some of them are mixed with maltodextrin, dextrose, erythritol, sugar alcohols, different things. So most of them aren't just pure stevia. And I think that's where I have my kind of uncertainty around it is it's been marketed as the healthiest option so people are grabbing at it easier but they're forgetting to take a minute stop look at it be aware of what you're using and realize that most of the time it's not just purely the plant so that's what i have to say about it i think that that's kind of where i was going to go back even though i said i wasn't going to but I, <laughs> when i said the natural
1: like the cane sugar and the agave came from plants too right this is also a plant especially when things get popular Um, they're being mass produced and they are being it's it's processed at this point it's processed you're not going outside and clipping things and putting it in your coffee yeah um so just take account of that and just think about it i don't disagree that it's probably one of the
0: better ones at this moment like if you need something if you're transitioning you need something i used it when i was transitioning down from sugar but i just realized i didn't like the taste of it so it was really easy to get rid of it
1: Um, last one that I really want to talk about because this comes up too is xylitol. Yeah. Sugar alcohol. So sugar alcohols. So when I started researching sugar alcohols, it was actually after I took, I kept on getting really sick after I'd eat, um, certain protein powders and I didn't know what was going on. My belly would get really bloated and I was distended, meaning that my stomach was sticking out to like where my boobs were. Like they were like, it was like, I was like flat because I was so. (laughs) bloated like I looked ridiculous I felt terrible and it has a really pronounced laxative effect because of the chemical makeup and how your body cannot digest it well so it's while there's not a ton of like oh this is really terrible and it's going to cause cancer and it's going to cause
0: all these things it does cause quite a GI yeah um, situation. Yeah, and I think in cause- the health industry, it's usually recognized as like the safer, safer alternative to use for like baking and stuff. I even have yeah. heard Dave Asprey and like reading his Bulletproof Diet, like he has xylitol pretty high on the list as like a safer alternative to use, which surprises me. And what you were just getting at is the GI effects of it, even if it's not affecting our blood sugar in any way and it doesn't have the chemical effect as far as the cancer risk and things. If it has any side effect at all, like your body is responding to it for a reason in that way because it's not recognizing it. Yeah. And side note, sugar alcohols are toxic to dogs.
1: Just yeah. so you know. very. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the last two that we've mentioned, um, so sugar alcohols and uh, even so, I think sugar alcohols I'd put below using um, Stevia. Yeah,
0: same. Yeah, I mean, the list of side effects with the xylitol. Yeah, it causes quite g- What is it? Like it says g- bloating, gas, cramping, diarrhea, and a very common laxative effect that it can actually be used, and it is used as a ingredient in laxatives that you can buy at the over-the-counter pharmacies. So it's just, it's another thing to be aware of. And a lot of people that buy, like, sugar-free candies, that's usually the sweetener that's in it, or some of them, the, like, the more natural sugar-free candies, I should say. Um, and the gas and bloating that might come along with it, just be aware of that, that it could be due to that ingredient. So those are the main the little packets found on the table xylitol and those things are usually a little separate you have to find those in baking aisles in different areas but those are the main things people were asking us about after last episode when we talked about why you should be avoiding added sugars in your food and the thing that is interesting to us and we were talking about this earlier is that Everyone always wants a substitution or an alternative when they're told they can't have something. So they immediately reach for, okay, I can't have added sugar in that. So like I said, you can't have a pump of sugar in your coffee because you just found out how much sugar is in your favorite coffee at Starbucks. So you're going to replace that with an artificial sweetener. And we're kind of coming full circle just back to the conversation around real food and maybe you don't need the substitution at all after a little bit of time goes by and you kind of transition yourself away from craving and needing those foods and maybe the real answer is avoiding all of it altogether when you can yeah actually
1: i was as i was
0: saying we always talk about this but before we
1: actually get on here and talk to you guys. And I was driving home from, I was at the new house and I was driving home talking to Bree and I was like, you know, I had an, a person message me the other day and he said this to me and said, don't say that gums are bad. It's found in a lot of gluten-free like stuff. Like xantham
0: gum, guar gum. And I never said additives. gum
1: was bad per se, but it's definitely not that it's not healthy and it's known to not be healthy. Okay. So again, with good, better, best, like looking at things in a big picture Um, do I think a a certain kind of cookies are better because they're made of real ingredients? Yes. Okay. I think that black bean brownies are, have more to offer you than in a commercial brownie from like a box. Okay. Black bean brownies made with all real ingredients. Definitely pick that over the other one. Okay. You're going to get so much more nutrition from that. That being said, that does not give you license to eat brownies for dinner. Black
0: bean, black bean brownies every day because they're made with no. black beans. <laughs> but there's this there's this culture. We
1: have this – in the health and wellness culture, we've taken all of these things and we've run with them. They're like, well, let's make all of these different kinds of breads and pancakes and chips. chips. And while I love the alternative chips, I can – should... They're chips. Yeah, they're okay. still chips. So should I still open a bag... Am I going to open a bag and finish off a bag of siete food chips? Have I? Yes. Okay? I've <laughs> definitely done that. And I thought I, at the end of it, I was like, that was such a stupid decision. Because they're chips. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you can call them whatever you want in your mind to make you feel better. But the, re- the reality is that these are still processed things. You're trying to make them into something that you wish you still had. Right. And... I think there's a place for that. And I think that's a good thing. I think what they're doing is a great thing. I really like supporting companies like that. Right. But Cleaner as a consumer, ingredients for
0: sure. But it's still a carbohydrate. It's still an indulgence. It's still something that you should eat in moderation. And right. as soon as the consumer gets that substitution, it's almost like we do this like free for all. Like, oh, I, I did good. I've avoided yeah. those ingredients. Now I've got this, so I can eat however much I want, as often as I want. And that's truly where I think the bigger issues are developing because we're just constantly looking for a substitution for the next best thing.
1: Right, and it's the same thing with like honey. Just because it's honey, doesn't mean you should be eating like tablespoons yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay, and dates. Um, we were talking about oh, dates. Like, and we were talking about dates because dates actually is how I even got started on researching sugar about two years ago now. Because
0: they're delicious um, and it's a, a nice sweet treat.
1: But. Well, no. Here's what was happening. I sat on the couch. I had a date. I said to myself, that was delicious. I want another date. I want it, had another date. In my mind, I was like, this is perfectly fine. They're dates, right? Yeah, it's a plan. They're totally fine. They're food. Okay. So that takes you only so far though. It's one ingredient. It's organic. (laughs) It is. And it has nutrients. It does. Like there are a lot of redeeming qualities about that. Absolutely. That I want to say is there. And it's true. I couldn't stop getting up to go for dates. And at one point I stopped and I had the wherewithal to be like, I need to look this up. I looked up how much sugar was in a date. And then I started looking up what sh- like the things that the place in your brain that sugar actually turns on mm-hmm. and I was like oh good like I am like just I'm just like in sugar heaven right now right like basically I'm just I was in that place where I was just basically eating sugar after sugar yeah. after sugar and after you were getting some like, additional nutrients
0: you got nutrients and things but you're still getting a sugar high and then a sugar For crash sure. but
1: it made me realize what I was actually doing doing in that movie like how my body was seeing it and they're like ooh this is so fun this is it was like a reward system right. I was like
0: yes yeah when i and first just
1: because you're not i'm not eating cups of sugar um doesn't mean that that's the appropriate way to to eat
0: food absolutely for me I discovered dates. I Dates weren't really on my radar as like a food or a snack food or anything until I started learning about the ingredients in my food and learning how to make recipes cleaner. And I discovered Deliciously Ella, and I love her, and her recipes are incredible. But all of her desserts and treats, a lot of them use dates. She has a recipe. If you've never heard of her, look her up, deliciouslyella.com. Sweet potato brownies, kind of like black bean brownies, but instead of using black beans, use sweet potatoes. So you feel good about it because you're using a sweet potato. But then the dates are what's used to sweeten it. I believe there's maple syrup in there too. So you feel good about the ingredients, but when you really kind of take a step back and realize it's still a brownie. It's still and a treat, should, it's still a dessert. Right.
1: You should feel good about the ingredients. Yeah. You have done oh, that.
0: That's an awesome like
1: there are so many really, really good, holistic um, nutrition people out there who are making like Full-on, full-blown chefs like who are making amazing food from real food, from right. really good ingredients, high quality things that you should be eating. But that being said, you shouldn't be eating them primarily. Like just because something is labeled gluten-free, vegan, dairy-free, whatever it is, does not mean That's a that broth. that it it yeah, it doesn't mean that. And it honestly. Just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. That's and we've talked about that with Oreos. Yeah. Like, just because it's labeled something doesn't mean you have license to just go at it. Yeah. So what I'd say and why this is coming up with the um, with all the like I don't want to call them fake sugars, but the artificial sweeteners is because these are kind of like in the same mindset. Like, what can we do to have sugar but not to have sugar? And that's how they're being used. Yeah, you're
0: trying to replace one addiction with the next instead of, like, really just kind of backing away slowly from the thing that you're indulging into frequently, most likely. And just – it's truly about just retraining our taste buds and our habits and the choices we're making. It comes with time. It's not going to happen overnight. Food is going – real food will taste bland. At first, if you're truly used to large amounts of sugar, and especially if you're using artificial sweeteners, because like Laura said, didn't you say it's like 600 times sweeter than sugar? Um, yeah, Splenda is. Yeah, so it, it creates a whole nother addiction on top of something you were actually trying to make a conscious decision of improving your daily choices, and then it just kind of falls into this other long-term habit that we don't want you to fall into. <laughs> And back to uh, the quick comment we made earlier about our diabetic patients in the hospitals getting those packets of artificial sweeteners on their trays in the hospitals when they're served food. It's like it just shows how widespread the problem is. It's just mainstream. It's part of our culture. It's it's a condiment. It's available to us at every meal if you're eating out or eating at restaurants and coffee shops, like it's available to us. So it seems standard and it seems safe. And that's what I think the hardest thing is to kind of absorb the information and realize that there's other people out there doing this research and realizing the long-term effects these choices are having on us. But because it's so mainstream, it's really hard to pull back because it's, it's a business, it's a business and people are profiting from it. And it's all, it's all part of the process right there's actually a quote
1: that we can i mean if we're done we can end with because i think it's a fantastic quote for this whole situation and it's by wendell berry and she said people are fed by the food industry which pays no attention to health and they're treated by the health industry which pays no attention to food yeah it's powerful there's a huge there's a disconnect and we're trying to we're trying to help bridge that
0: yeah So I think the biggest struggle when we provide information, like trying to avoid added sugars in your foods and then avoid the artificial sweeteners now that we just talked about. Um, We touched on this at the end of the last episode, Laura, but let's just offer up a little bit more advice as far as what are good alternatives, what are good ways of trying to break free from that. You mentioned earlier. Decreasing sugar and increasing fat intake I think is a great point I wanted to hit on again. You mentioned that at the last episode. I was episode. Gonna say that
1: again. I thought you were asking yeah. me the question again. I was like, increase your yeah, fat. Like, it's I, huge. I'm not even kidding. It's, it, it is
0: fantastic. And it, I think the reason it works is because when you're eating sugar, you're getting the sugar highs and the sugar lows. And like you said, you had a date and then you want another one because it's this constant balance in the body that you keep spiking the sugar and it keeps wanting that where with fat it's stabilizes your blood sugar it doesn't even affect your blood sugar you're not getting those highs and lows so if you can increase your fat intake you'll have less sugar cravings over time and it's not going to happen right away so avocados coconut coconut oil coconut butter um nuts and seeds chia seeds almonds macadamia nuts um ghee, butters, what are a couple other ones that can just start to begin to incorporate more into your daily routine?
1: I think you hit a lot of them. I think I think it's easy for us to say that too. I'm trying to think I'm trying to think this through as somebody who is very new to all of it and yeah. I think that that sounds very scary to a lot of people, but I think it works. So if you're open to that, it fat doesn't equal fat guys. If anything, sugar is actually causing a lot more harm to you. Yeah. Um, but that be all being said. I think that if you take a step back and you try to just... If you remove... One one thing you can do is not remove all the sugar and just be cognizant of the 25 gram per day limit and start reading the backs of things. And then you're like... Then you just become aware of it. Right. It becomes a game. It's like, oh my gosh, can, what can I buy with my $25 worth of... You know what I mean? Like I converted grams into dollars yeah. just <laughs> but um that's a that's kind of a fun game to play even with your kids somebody messaged me last year about it and they're like i played this game my kids are out of school they're into calculating stuff right now they're like in grade school and i told them this is how many grams of sugar they're allowed to have a day and they can spend them however they want and they are reading the backs of all of these different things that's awesome so you can get your family involved in it. It can be a whole group project. You can do it by yourself and be like, okay, I'm going to be mindful of this. Even for a week, it changes how you look at things. Yeah. So if you can just start there, you're not giving up anything. You're just trying to like educate yourself and play this game of I have 25 grams. Where am I going to spend it? And then if you go from there and you're like, I want to go a step further, I think cutting out added sugar altogether. Right. So you can still have, you can still have fruit. Yeah. Getting the back end to the of, real food. Right at the end of one week of doing that, I I tell you the truth. <laughs> if you if you can just do that, and you're not eating just just fruit all day. Like keep it to like two servings a day, but things that are not sweetened suddenly start tasting sweet. Yeah, it I had truly, to check,
0: truly happens that way.
1: I had to check the back of my almond butter because I was like, this has to have sugar in it. It's just it was straight almond yeah. butter, but I was like, it's so sweet. Yeah, and you start your your taste buds actually. Change like your body starts thinking of it differently. The way your mind um, interprets the food is different. And so, when you actually taste something that's sweeter, you want less sweetness because you are not, you're back to like. You've zeroed the scale essentially, and
0: just reaching for—if you're going to reach for the packaged food with the added sugar in it—and you have fresh fruit available or something, it's a trade-off. You know, try that first. See if that satisfies you. If it doesn't, then go for the thing that you want to. Don't drive yourself crazy. Right. But it's just the awareness of it and trying to reach for those real foods first. It might actually satiate you more than you realize. It might not sound like the thing that you're craving, but it might actually satiate and satisfy your body because another good saying is that our, as a population as a whole we're overfed and undernourished we're constantly reaching for empty calories sugar is very much an empty calorie mm-hmm. that is not providing us with the micronutrients that are nourishing our body and nourishing ourselves so and that
1: is the difference though that is the difference between like a date and honey and maple syrup 2 table sugar and even sugar in the absolutely. raw. Absolutely. Like sugar yep. in the raw is sugar in the raw. Like it's not bringing you extra stuff. Right. Um and what she said is absolutely true and I was listening to a podcast that made me absolutely infuriated if you're interested in l- getting really angry, you can message me <laughs> and I'll help you out with that. But um I was listening to a podcast just the other day and talking about how we are we are very overfed. We have tons of calories all around us and few nutrients.
0: Yeah. I think that is going to lead into the next episode potentially. I know we've we talked actually a have lot. have no idea our next episode is. No, we don't. But, but Bree is, right we <laughs> this. I was like, <laughs> I'm discussing it with everybody. They can agree with me. <laughs> And if you guys don't want us to continue talking about it, please let us know. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is
1: so terrible. But yeah, so I, I do think that the fat thing works, but I think that it's a hard place sometimes for people to start. Um, It's not like an even trade out. like. But that being said, I think that there's a few different ways of approaching it. And I think that the only way that's truly worth it is really educating yourself on it like By yourself. Like if you're interested in learning more about sugar, keep learning about sugar. You're gonna eventually form such a solid why that a week without sugar is not gonna be difficult for you because you're gonna have you're gonna understand why you're doing it.
0: Right. Things
1: don't work if you don't understand why.
0: Truly. When we were prepping for this episode, I told Laura I haven't chewed gum. I think at this point it's been like almost 10 years, honestly. Um, I haven't chewed gum in forever. And I just remember learning about aspartame. I don't remember exactly what was said or what the information was or where I even found it, but I do remember how it made me feel and how I realized that it wasn't something that was serving me, it wasn't giving me any benefit. And I, with that information, was then motivated to create change in my life and I haven't opened up a pack of gum since. It was so hard at first. It was truly a habit I had to break. Now I don't even think about it because I was educated. I had that why it motivated me. And now my new habit is it's not even part of it, <laughs> you know. So it's it's all based on finding what works for you, what motivates you. Dive into the research and education yourself and reach out to us where we love talking to you guys. And we're here to help if you have any other questions.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, thanks for tuning into um, episode eleven. I know that it was a kind
1: of a long time coming. We finally did it. (laughs) We finally did it. And if you want to, if this was uh, helpful to you, you can feel we'd love it if you shared it with your friends or family. Other than that, you can go ahead and leave us a review on Instagram. I'm not even thinking, guys. (laughs) On iTunes, we'd love to hear from you. The good, bad, and the ugly. We'd love to know if you want to message us personally on Instagram, you're welcome to do that too. We are also on Instagram as critical conversations and you can find us there and send us messages there too. We'd love to respond to you.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much. That was fun. And we promise we will try and do this as soon as possible. And we'll see you again for episode 12.